That's First Kings 19, 10, 11, and 12. <clears throat> and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. <clears throat> and he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. My thought's going to be tonight, where does your strength lie? It should lie in that still, small voice, that Holy Ghost that's down inside of you. And I'm going to try to show you tonight in the scriptures to where your strength does not lie in this world but it lies in God Almighty. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for the many blessings we've received. Thank you, dear Lord God, for the move of your spirit, Heavenly Father. Dear Lord, we ask you to anoint thy word that this flesh might die on. Dear Lord God, that you might speak through me, Heavenly Father, this night. Ask you to bind any evil force that would hinder the move of your spirit. Dear Lord God, we'll give you the honor and the glory this night, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the privilege to be in your house one more time. Thank you, Lord God, that you allowed us to come in your sanctuary. Heavenly Father, we can stand before you and feel your spirit one more time, realizing without you, Lord, we're nothing. But, oh, Heavenly Father, we give you the honor and the praise for what's done this night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> Where does your strength lie? I want to take you to the first character tonight to introduce you to would be King Ahab. He ruled over Israel, and he was one of the most wicked kings that ever ruled over Israel. And at this time that I'm going to talk to you tonight about, they had a great drought, a great famine in that land. Though Ahab had a great palace, his main palace, one that was hewn in the finest of stone, one that had marble floors, one that had graceful tables where they had their great banquets where Jezebel and the prophets of the grove sat around, where they had their great entertainment. They had a summer palace, the first of its kind. It was ivory inlaid with gold. He had servants and he had armies. He had the finest food that a man could want to eat in that day. He could have a man's head cut off. He could just get any had the finest musicians that could ever be obtained. But Ahab could not bring one drop of water. When the famine hit that land, he could not, regardless of what all he owned and what he had, he could not bring not one drop of rain in that day. But the next character I want to introduce you to, and his name was Elijah, one that never slept in a palace, one that never slept in a bed, one that left up in the caves and in the dens, one that only had the clothes that he wore upon his back, one that went and drank water out of a creek and was fed by the crows, but he could get out on a hillside somewhere and begin to raise his hands toward God and begin to pray to God Almighty and he could close the heavens or he could bring the rain. He was nobody in this world, but he was a hero in heaven. 
us. That old land began to crack. Big old cracks come in the land. Grass began to grow dry. Old cattle began to bawl. Mules began to bray. Old Ahab, it got pretty desperate. When you see a king start out a foot hunting water, mister, it's got bad. But you need to thank God Almighty can't bring you to your knees. I don't care who you are. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how well known you are. The only God can bring you right down to your knees. Because every tongue's going to confess. Every knee's going to bow. Because God Almighty is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's soon coming back to reign upon this earth. And he will be King of kings. And if you don't have the Spirit of God inside of you, you'll have no part with Him. But old Ahab had problems. Them old prophets of Baal couldn't do anything at phony religion they had in that day. I'm going to tell you tonight, I believe there's one faith, one baptism, and one God. I believe i got to repent of my sins, you have. I believe i got to live holy, you have. I don't believe it at one door. I believe you get any other way, you're a thief and a robber. I believe the only way you're going to have your integrity with God, you're going to come down to an altar, you're going to repent of your sin, you're going to clean up your life, and you're going to live holy before God, or you're not going to have anything so with God. You're not going to have any power with God, because without holiness, no man can see the kingdom of God. But Ahab could get all of his armies do him no good. That old drought just kept on. I could see him, he'd step out in the mornings. Boy, he'd look over them hills just looking for a little old cloud. Late that evening, he'd still be looking. All of his people mumbling and complaining. They didn't care anything about his fine chariots. They didn't care anything about all the good things they had then. They was thirsty, brother. They wanted just some water. And I'm going to tell you something right now. The old United States of America, they may think they'll do what they want to, but the heavens still rule the earth. And one of these days when he gets ready, he'll bring us to our knees. Because God's still running this thing. God still runs the whole universe. He still runs the heavens. He still handles hell. He is God Almighty, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. He is the great I am, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. None any greater than he is. Yes. But old Elijah, Lord told him, he says, you just go up there by a creek, son. You ain't got no fine robe to wear. You ain't got no chariot driver. You ain't got no friends in this world. You have to sleep out in them caves and them dens. I know it gets cold in the wintertime. But I know what it takes to get you out of here, brother. You know, we don't a lot of times understand why the things come upon us it does. But God knows what we need to get out of here. But while it's down there in that land of Samaria, and the old ground had cracked open, you can see the old cow bones sticking up through the hide. And the people begin to grow thirsty and hungry. Where was old Elijah? He'd laying up by a creek. Every morning he'd get up and say, Lord, I need me a little bread. Lord, I need me a little meat. 
I believe this old crow would just fly over my old Ahab's palace just reach down and get him a little bit of that meat. He'd fly over that old creek, lean down there and drop it and get him a drink of water and Elijah just grab that and throw it in his mouth. Get back down there and pray again so I need a little bread. That old crow would sail back over there and he'd come back with a little bread. Old Elijah knew how to trust God to get whatever he needed. I'll tell you, we need to take it one day at a time. We don't need to worry about tomorrow. You need to be thinking about right now. Where does your soul lie with God? Where's your integrity at with God right now? Not tomorrow. How are you tonight in your soul? Is that small, small voice talking to you tonight? Is it telling you to get out to an altar and make things right with God? Are you sitting there listening to the voice of the, the devil? Is it roams and it grows and it's talking to you out loud and telling you not to pay any attention to what the word says? I will tell you tonight, the Spirit may never pass you but one time in your life. Because no man cometh to God except he be drawn by his Spirit. And the Spirit of God reaches out and touches your heart tonight. You better heed to the voice of God and run for you louder. You may never have an opportunity again to come into the presence of the Most Holy God. Yeah, yeah. Old Elijah laid up there and drank that creek water. Eat that crow's feed. At that day and time, he was a millionaire. All Israel starving. He is eating the finest, eating king's food. And up there by a creek. Looked mighty crazy to the world. But we look mighty crazy to the world, too. They walked in here a little while ago. Saw us running around and around here, praising and worshiping God. That looks crazy to the world. But we was a feeding on the manna from heaven. We was at the Brook Charity. We was eating some crow's feed tonight. They don't understand in this world what that heavenly manna's like. They don't know anything about the kingdom of God. Only you and I that are sons of God are left by the Spirit of God. We're the only ones that knows what the manna from heaven's like. We're the only ones that knows what the dynamic power of the Holy Ghost when it comes down inside of our moral body and shakes us and blesses us and gives us peace within. About three years passed by, and old Ahab, he told about to his governor of his house. He said, say, we got to go find some water. You go one way and I'll go the other. Now, old Ahab was trucking it right now. He wasn't riding no garrison of chariots. He'd got desperate. He wasn't trusting nobody to find a watering hole. He was out after it himself. But the Lord spoke to Elijah and told him, he says, you go tell Ahab it's going to rain. Now I'm going to show you something. I'm getting down to meet him a subject here. Here's old Elijah that didn't have anything in this world. Here was old King Ahab that was a king of Israel. But when the Lord spoke to Elijah, and he said, you go tell Ahab it's going to rain. And when he met Obatha on the road, he told Obatha, he says, you go tell Ahab to come and see me because it's fixing to rain. And when Obatha took the message back to Ahab, oh, Ahab coming trucking. I won't tell you tonight, brother, there ain't no higher office in the ministry. There ain't no higher place in this world than a God call preacher. When God sends him to talk to you, you'll listen to what he's got to say. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how powerful you are. He'll shake kings. Oh, Elijah had the power of that hour. Oh, Elijah knew where his strength lay. And he told old Ahab, he said, you go down there and get those 450 prophets of Baal. And you get those 400 and sits around Jezebel's table. And you bring all the children of Israel. And you bring them up to Mount Carmel. 
Elijah do? I mean Ahab do? He gathered them all up. And they come a-trotting to Mount Carmel. He said, I'm tired fooling around. We're going to find out who's God. He said, we're halted between two opinions tonight. Who is God? Is Baal God or is the Lord God? When he got them all gathered up there, he said, there's 450 prophets of Baal, only one of me. Now he said, uh, God answers by fire. Let's let him be by God. And he said, we'll take an altar here, put wood on it, put a sacrifice. And then let the God that answers by fire and consumes it, he'll be God. They said, well. But says, you be first. So they took a bullock and they skin it, put the wood upon the altar, and they began to praise their God that morning. Long about evening time, they were yelling and screaming. Just like a lot of people I see today. They yell and scream, but they ain't finding nothing. They yell and holler, but they ain't no God. Long about noon, old Elijah, he's feeling real good right now. He's in control. He sees old Israel up there under his command. He's laid out in them woods and been run so long. When he seen old Ahab coming down there having to kneel to his God, it was something churning inside of him, brother. I won't tell you something when a Pentecostal preacher begins to feel the power of God and it begins to work inside of him. It goes to churning, don't it, brother? You know something's going to happen. And old Elijah knew that God was on his side. And he went and told him, he said, what's the matter? Is your God asleep? What's the matter? Is he gone on a journey? Where's he at? Oh, he was sitting in good shape that day. He had everything where it belonged. He knew where he was with God. He had his faith built by the brother And he prayed for the crows to come in. And he drank that water. He knew where he was that day. And there he was obeying God. And was in the perfect will of God. And they began to jump up and down. Take knives and cut theirself, lances and cut theirself and begin to bleed. Come along about time for the evening sacrifice. Old Elijah says, gather around. Got him 12 stones, which represents the 12 tribes of Israel. Dedicate them in the name of the Lord. He knew how to get the job done. It's been the name all the way. <laughs> He's Alpha and Omega beginning and end. Yes, sir. No greater name in heaven on earth or in hell except Jesus Christ. He went and got the wood and he laid it on there. He knew how to build an altar. He knew how to lay the wood down there. I want to tell you something tonight, Pentecostals. You can't just build and lay your altar any way you want to. You can't live for God just any way you want to. He got a certain way you got to live for Him. He gives you the dictates in your heart led by the Holy Ghost that writes across your heart the laws of God that tells you how you'll live, act, and do. And you'll do according to that or you'll have no part with God. Law of Moses was written on a rock, but yours was written across your heart when you got the Holy Ghost. A preacher shouldn't have to spend all his time telling you how to dress and act. That Holy Ghost told you that when you got it. It tells you how to live. I know I was an old ignorant country boy, 30 years old. Never knew my left hand from my right. But when I got the Holy Ghost, nobody didn't have to tell me to quit drinking booze. They'd have to tell me to throw them cigarettes away. They'd have to tell me to quit lying. They'd have to tell me to quit gambling. They'd have to tell me to wear long sleeves. They'd have to tell me to cut my hair. I had a Holy Ghost down inside of me. When I receded to that altar that night, I got something I ain't never had before. 
name of the Lord is working today. Yes, sir. He got that bullock, dressed it. He laid it on top of there. Made him a trench around that altar. But this is what I like about God. He said, hey, bring me them four barrels of water over. They'd probably gathered up all the water they had in them old barrels, you know. When God gets ready to get you, he'll squeeze the lemons to the seed pop. He got them four barrels, he began to pour them, and I can see old Ahab and all them just quenching their eyes. Them old cattle are lowing over there. Their old tongue's dry. Said, man, I hope he don't pour it all out. When he got them four barrels over there, he said, say, if you're behind them bushes, bring them on out from over there. Don't hide them. Come on, just get it all. He went and poured them all out. He got those four barrels out. He looked around a little bit and said, hey, there's four more. Hit right back over behind them rocks. And I want to tell you something tonight when you repent of your sin. You better get it all out. Because if you don't get it all out, you're not going to hide yourself. Man, he's ready in the land. Look alive. There's too many people that leave a few barrels of water in their life. And when you come to an order of repentance, you need to clean it all out. Yes, sir. If you don't, you're going to be abnormal. You're going to be a deprimate to everything you come in contact with. You're going to be worth nothing in this world or the church. I believe you've got to genuine repent. Then you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you hadn't cleaned up your life, you're going in that water as a dry center and coming up as a wet one. But if you got down before God and you got everything out of your heart and you really repent and you come out of that watery grave, then you're entitled to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the greatest thing that was ever given to humanity. And when you get the power of the Holy Ghost, there don't nobody have to tell you you got it. I can tell you that. We got a lot of chin shakers and a lot of people today that try to tell you how to get it. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. There ain't but one giver. And his name is Jesus Christ. There ain't but one man that can write your name in the Lamb Book of Life. And that his name is Jesus Christ. The only way you're going to ever be saved is you have to die out of that flesh. Be buried in that water. And be resurrected with the Holy Ghost. That'll give you that resurrecting power that one day will draw you out of that grave and sail you into the heavens. And if you don't have that resurrecting power, gravity will never let go of you. Got those other four barrels. Poor Dim sloshed him, probably grinned a little. Away up over wringing his hands. Just about to go crazy. You take an old boy like him, he's just as spineless as they come when you take his power away from him. You show me a man that has to, a lot of power and he's overbearing, he ain't got no backbone when he gets his power away from him. Here he was umbling down to a little old Pentecostal preacher been running around out in the woods. They tried to kill. Here old big Ahab is. And what I do next, Elijah? <laughs> you want me to stand over here or you'd rather me stand over there? <laughs> he said, you're all right right there, Ahab. You just make sure all them barrels of water is poured here on this sacrifice. Because God gets it all. <laughs> We're not going to shortchange God. <laughs> and old Elijah stepped out there, raised his hands toward God. He said to God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, <laughs> he said, if thou be God. <laughs> he said, I have obeyed thee and none according to thy word. He said, would you show this day who is God? And about that time,
divine fire come down from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice. It consumed the wood. It consumed the stone. It consumed the water. It consumed the dust. It cleaned the whole thing up. And all Israel bowed down and said, He is God. He is God. Because He brought fire down from heaven. Because He had His integrity with God. And He knew the voice of God. Yes, old Elijah about that time was doing a dance. Oh, he was a feeling the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he said, it ain't been nothing like this in a long time. <laughs> he said, I laid up in them hills and looked down at that old wicked king and old Jezebel and all those prophets. I've watched them prosper in this world. I've watched them eat fine food and listen to great musicians. And I had to lay up in these hills. I've waited for my day. And man, I'm looking at it now. I'm seeing old Elijah crawl. I'm seeing them old prophets crawl. But he said, hold it just a minute. He said, bring 450 of them prophets to Baal. We're going to cut every one of the heads off. We're going to kill every one of them right now. He took them down there for the brook kitchen. And there he slew every one of them. But he said, I won't tell you something they have. I hear abundance of rain. He said, you better get up and eat and drink. And he went up on Mount Carl and fell down on his knees and began to pray to God Almighty and sent his servant out to see. And the servant come back and said, I don't see anything. He said, go out there seven times. And he come back the seventh time and he said, I see a cloud about the side of a man's hand. You're talking about faith. You're talking about somebody having their integrity with God. You know that somebody knew where he was in that hour. He knew it was going to rain. There was nothing could shake his faith. He said, Ahab, better get your chariot, son, and get ready to roll down toward Jezreel. And about that time, the lightning flashed. And about that time, the thunder popped. And old Ahab grabbed the reins. Off down toward Jezreel they went. And the Bible says that Elijah, with the Spirit of God upon him, him being the old prophet he was, it was 15 miles to Jezreel. And he was doing a dance all the way. I can see him just going along in the front of that chariot. A horseman didn't praising God and thanking him. And old Ahab hoping that team. The light and the flashing and the thunder and the roaring. And old Elijah just watching to draw that team and thanking God and praising him. And on down to Jezreel. Now I'm going to get down to the meat of this subject tonight. Don't want to put a damper on anything, but I must tell you. And you stay with me. Ahab walks into Jezebel and says, Jezebel, you know what happened today? She says, no. He says, we went and brought all the children of Israel, prophets of Baal and the prophets of Grove, up to Mount Carmel. And said, our, our prophets couldn't touch our God. But said, you know that Elijah, that old hermit, that one that you've run out through the woods and tried to kill? Said, when he stepped out and began to pray for his God, he said, fire come down like I ain't never seen it. It came down, it burned everything up. All the children of Israel bowed to him. And said, you know, he killed them 450 false prophets that you've got. She rose up and said, what? Said, he killed them 450 false prophets. She says, you go and tell him, let his gods do to me what they done to my prophets. By this tomorrow, I'll do the same to him. And the Bible says that Elijah turned and he run to Beersheba. And there he left his servant. And he run another day's journey and fell down under a Jupiter tree and begged God to kill him. Now I said all that to say this. He was on a mountaintop. 
he did pray down the rain. But when he run into that devil down there, did he have enough power to handle that devil? And I won't tell you something tonight. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You may see times in your life you're on top of the mountain. You may see times in your life you can shout. You may have the faith of Abraham. But you better prepare whenever you meet that devil and he comes head on at you. Here's old Elijah, one of the greatest prophets that was ever recorded. One did not go over the way of a grave but left here in a fire chariot escorted by the angels of heaven. But there was a woman that was full of the devil, went and turned on him, and fear come over him instead of victory with God. And he ran just as far as he could and fell down and begged God to kill him. There he lay. Passed out. Angel come by, woke him up. That's the way God is. He knows her weaknesses. He knows her strength. He's going to help us. It don't make no difference. He has me. I don't know about you. If he helped me for all the good things I've done compared to all the bad ones, I wouldn't have any help. He helped me whenever I didn't, shouldn't have any help. He's blessed me when I shouldn't be blessed. He's came and talked and helped me when I wouldn't even pray on wouldn't even talk to him when I got up in the morning. But here God is, sent an angel, fixed him a cruise of water down here and baked him a cake. So get up, son, you got about 40 miles to travel here. He got up, meet that angel food and took him a big drink of water. That's a sign of the spirit of God coming back down here. You ever get down low and it looks like you can't go any further? I won't tell you where you're going to get your strength. It's somewhere down in an altar and you begin to pray and magnify God and you'll feel that great Holy Ghost come down inside of you. That'll give your power and your strength. It'll carry you through this world. It'll carry you through the dark valleys. It'll carry you over the mountain dodge. It'll carry you through the sea of sin. It'll deliver you one day in that resurrecting power to be with him forever. He got up, went to Mount Orb there where he was to lodge, felt like a whoop puppy. He said, man, things were going so good. I didn't ever respect that one. And I won't tell you it's a lot of times with us about the time we think we got it made. There's something laying in our path. I was reading an article the other day. Usually after great, every great event with God, devil comes after you afterwards. The most dangerous place with you that seek the Holy Ghost is the next day. When you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you resist him and he'll flee. The next day he'll work on you. If he thinks there's going to be a message preached that night, that some sinner might come to an altar, he'll work on that preacher all day long. He'll do everything he can to stop it. He don't like victory. He's nothing but death. He's nothing but darkness. He is the God of darkness. He knows nothing of light. But Jesus Christ is the light of this world. He's the light of your soul. He's your soon coming king. And he's the one that can protect you. The devil's had a hold of you too long. The devil's led you around by the end of the nose. He ain't never brought you nothing but heartache. He ain't never brought you nothing but trouble. He goes to bed with you every night and he bombards your brain. The demons of hell run up and down your spine and your mind. You don't know which way to turn. But I'm here to tell you tonight, if you fall at the feet of Jesus and you begin to pour your heart out to him, he'll bring you peace where there looks like there's no peace. He'll bring you safety where there is no safety. He'll feed your family. He'll give you a job. He'll, he'll fill your soul with the Holy Ghost. He'll give you confidence. He'll make you a place in this world. He'll put you somewhere in society. He'll give you anything you need. You say, oh, Brother Moody, 
Well, I'm here to tell you there's a lot of great warriors and preachers in the kingdom of God that God's blessed a lot more than he has me. But I can tell you right now, there's no man, there's no devil, there's no demon that can't tell me that God can't furnish everything I need. He's done, went through the valleys with me. Uh, you may get me on something else, but you'll never make me believe that God can't heal the sick. You'll never make me think that God can't bring me some money when I gotta have it. You can't make me think when my enemy gets ready to take me under that he won't come to my rescue. I may not understand none of it. I may not see what's gonna happen, but he's always been there right on time. He ain't never let me down. I thought the days I was praying in there, I thought, Lord, you ain't never disappointed me. Lord, you ain't never failed me. Sometimes it looked like it wasn't going to happen this way or that, but you was always there. You give me more than I deserved, and when you worked it out, it was better than my little infinite mind could ever figure out. The trouble with us, we try to figure out our own life, and we ought to let God figure it out. He ought to do our thinking. He ought to do our talking. He ought to do our looking. He ought to do our listening. He ought to do our seeing. Yes. He He steps out there on the mountain, throws his old mantle around him. Lord, what are you doing here, Elijah? Lord, I've been jealous over Israel. They tore down your altars, broke your covenants. About that time, the wind blowed. Rocks rent. Said, ain't the rocks, Elijah. About that time, the earth shook. Ain't earthquake, Elijah. About that time, that lightning come down a flash and fire ricocheting across that mountain. Said, ain't in the fire, son. It's in a small, still voice. And it says, old Elijah left there. And you may differ with me. You can prove it in the Bible. I want to read it. But the only convert I ever read about Elijah God is this next gentleman. And when he left there, he had everything in place. And when he headed off down through a valley, there was one there named Elijah. And old Elijah was a plow along with 12 yokes of oxen. And whenever old Elijah come by him, he just slung out that mantle, which is a type of the Holy Ghost. And no man come up to God except he'd be drawn by his spirit. But he had everything right that day with God. He got all that jealous spirit he had over Israel. And when he came down the earth, flung that mantle out. What happened to that man? He threw down the plow house. He said, all I want to do is kiss my mom and daddy goodbye. I'm through the whole world. I'm ready to go after what you got. And I want to tell you something tonight. Whenever you get the power of the Holy Ghost to do your witnessing, and you step out in this town, and you talk to somebody, they'll throw down whatever they got, and they'll want what you got. Yes, sir. You know, Acts 1 and 8 gives us the power to witness. And when old Elijah throwed that mantle out, just something touched that gentleman he ain't never been touched with before. And it's some of you sitting in here tonight that has never had the, uh, God to touch you, but God will touch your heart tonight. And when he touches your heart, you better run after him with all you've got. You're living in a dangerous world. You step out that door, you could die a full morning. You could, your mind could be changed and you could be down there somewhere taking dope tomorrow night. The only reason you got in here tonight was mercy overcame judgment and God reached down in your home and he touched your heart and said, come to church tonight. Your flesh didn't want to come to church. You probably tried to back out two or three times, but the God's Spirit overshadowed you and brought you into the house of God that you might feel His Spirit and you'll be drawn into the same ark of safety. And tonight it's up to you what 
you do with your soul because you're the one that has it and you're the one going to send its destination. You'll either send it to hell or you'll take it back to whence it come from and reunite it with God. But that will be up to you tonight of what you do. There ain't no man, as I said, can write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. But tonight you're going to have the greatest opportunity that was ever given to humanity. You're going to have a chance to come before the greatest God. And you're going to be a candidate to receive a spirit that the angels couldn't have. And tonight, as the Spirit of God reaches out over the congregation, you're going to have your chance to come down here to kneel to an altar. But you'll make up your own mind tonight. And you'll be the one they will do whatever you've got to do. And as long as the Spirit reaches out there, you stand a chance. But if you walk out tonight, God's Spirit's dealt with you. You may never again be to touch you. Never again. Someone wants to come. I'm only going to have an altar call as long as I feel the Spirit. When the Spirit lifts, that'll be between you and God. But maybe you had rather go to hell tonight. Maybe that you don't like what Jesus done. Maybe it wasn't good enough for you. Say you walk out of here tonight and turn your back on God. You walk out that door, get in your car. You say, no, I'll wait a little longer. But you had not got any longer. This is the hour of your salvation. You start down the street. Suddenly there's a big crash. And you feel the icy fires of death as they come around your throat. And the lights begin to go out in your eyes. Maybe echoing in your ear. Why didn't I go that night? And now death is on its way. Your blood veins are slowly beating. Your heart's slowing down. And suddenly you pass out of time into eternity. But you chose to go to hell rather than walk 30 feet and pray. So here you are out of time into eternity. And you're tumbling down toward hell. And you begin to feel the heat as it comes up toward you. You holler for somebody, but there's nobody around. You yell for the preacher. He ain't there. You scream for mama. Nowhere around. Daddy, no answer. You're all alone. You're now in a place you've never been. On down your tumble. Directly you see a big ball of fire down there, way down there. You can hear the roar. You fight back, but you can't go back. Your destination's set. You had mercy when you was in the church. But that night when you slipped out of town and eternity judgment fell on you, on down you turn. You get closer. Then you begin to smell flesh burning and you hear the screams and the cries. You hear Ahab and Jezebel. Hear them screaming, don't come here, don't come here. You hear the roar of that plane. That fire bellowing out and you know you're headed there. On down you turn. Directly you come a little closer and you see the faces. How much fright, anguish, you look into their eyes, scared, screaming. But in 
exits. Just an entrance that's widening its doors. But you chose where you were going to go. On down to hell you're going. Finally you hit that lake of fire. Down under those flames you go. Your flesh feel like it's melting coming off your bones. Your brain's frying. Your blood veins are boiling. Your five senses are working. You're begging for mercy, but mercy ain't there. You say, I can't stand no more, but you're getting more all the time. There is no let up in hell. If hell was just 10,000 years, there may be hope, but hell is for eternity. There is no hope in hell. Here you are, rolling over and over. Your tongue is swelled. Your mouth tastes like cotton. Your nostrils are burning with a stench of dying, burning flesh. You scream and yell at the top of your voice. No one can help you. But that night, in a little church, there was a small, still voice that tried to comfort you. It reached out and touched your heart and said, Come unto me, you are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But no, you didn't have time for him. You had something else you wanted to do. So here you are in hell, over and over you're burning. Mama, Mama! Suddenly you recognize the voice. And it's that little girl of yours. You took her with you. She had hope. If you'd come on to God, Daddy! You're taking him too. And your memory comes back to you. And you remember of that night as you sat in the church. How that you wrestled with God, whether to come to an altar or not. Sitting in that valley of decision. But you remember when you turned him off and pushed that small voice away. And you walked out the door. Here you are in hell. But it don't have to be that way. You're about 40 feet from God. All it takes is to get up out of your pew, walk down to an altar. Say, Lord, a lot of things I don't understand. But with your help, I'd like to get to know you. Won't you come? Anybody? Won't you come? It might be while you're in hell, you have a little span of time they stop. You may look up and you may see one of the most beautiful cities your eyes has ever behold. And there for a minute you may think you're not in hell. And you see the white throne of God. There you see those that you one time went to church with. There they are magnifying God and that cool water running out of the basin of the throne of God. But you chose hell rather than being heaven with the angels. Because of your pride, something stood in your way. Won't you come? Won't you come? I'm going to wait a little longer. God's dealing with somebody. 
you're going to have to make your mind up. Daddy can't, Mama can't, Preacher can't. You're going to have to make your own mind up whether you're going to come to God or not. But one of the greatest things you'll ever do in this life is come and kneel at an altar. You might gain all the fame in this world. You might have your name written across the billboards of Las Vegas and Hollywood. But until you come to an altar and find peace in your soul, you've never been anywhere. Right here is the ark to your safety. Right here is your refuge. This don't cost you anything. Just whosoever will. All you've got to do is just walk down to the feet of Jesus out your heart. He's waiting for you. He's done all he can do. There's nothing else left for him to do. He died in your place. Give you the word. Now he's leaning down the portals of heaven, reaching just as far as he can. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? He become on us Anyone else? Anyone else? Hell's a long time. They're going there every second. One went just then. One's going in a minute. You may be next. But you're going to spend eternity somewhere. You're either going to spend it in heaven with the angels or in hell with the demons. But that's up to you. You can't blame nobody yourself. You tumble and turn and hell. You don't. You come on a Santa. Brother Elders. Brother Elders.